This is Taking Care in Business, a podcast that dives into the topic of corporate social responsibility from many different perspectives. Host Kathy Pedrotti Hayes is an expert in CSR and philanthropic giving, and her co-host, Vicki Bolson, is the founder and CEO of Bolson Group, a unified marketing company that was also the first B Corp certified company in Indiana. Kathy and Vicki became friends and equally passionate about CSR when they first worked together several years ago. Join them as they talk about why it is always worthwhile to take care in business. Hey, Vicki. Hey. How's it going? I'm doing well. Good. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What's one of your favorite places to shop and why? Definitely online. I mean, I can just, I hardly ever go to the mall or anything anymore. I would say, well, I'm really into Poshmark lately. Okay. And I think it's because I believe in, well, I like vintage clothes, mm-hmm. and I think that being sustainable about clothing is smart. Mm-hmm. So, and and I've found some really good deals on there. Oh, cool. Why are you asking me that? What's yours? Well, geez, I don't know. I should have thought about that answer before I asked you, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say um, I really like Nordstrom Rack. Okay. That's like my favorite place because I think that, well, first of all, it's why my house. And then they are also, they have great customer service. Okay. You know what I mean? They make it like really, really Mm -hmm. easy to shop because I don't like to shop very much. Yeah. So I've heard a lot of people love to go to Nordstrom Rack. Yeah. I think um, if you've been there, maybe people just like to go back time and time again. Well, you should go there sometime and come visit me at my house. Okay. We'll go shopping together. That sounds good. That sounds good. Well, I'm so excited for our next guest who's going to talk a little bit about customer loyalty. But um, I'm delighted to have Allie Cudby on our program. I had the opportunity to meet Allie through a mutual friend, and we had an amazing and really fun lunch. And I think we were at lunch for a couple hours, but it went by really, really quickly. Um, Allie is the CEO of Your Iconic Brand, which is a consulting firm that works with companies from Fortune 500 to Pre-revenue startups with a range of options to help companies improve long-term customer value by promoting customer retention. She is also the founder of Fab Foundations, an international company that offers bra-fitting training to lingerie professionals and consumers around the world and in the process develops raving fans and customer loyalty. Allie is also a best-selling author of the book Busted, the Fab Foundation's Guide to Bras That Fit, Flatter, and Feel Fantastic. And she has a new book coming out that we're going to talk about today, Keep Your Customers, How to Stop Customer Turnover, Improve Retention, and Get Lucrative Long-Term Loyalty. And just this year, she started as an adjunct professor in the School of Entrepreneurship at Purdue. Holy cow, she's busy. I know, she's busy. (laughs) Welcome, Allie. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, well, thanks for finding time to come visit with us. Right, in between <laughs> all your stuff. Okay, so we have got to get started by this your first book and how you that was sort of a foray into um, the whole world of customer loyalty called Busted. So can you tell us the story of how that came to be? Well, I it starts with a boy. <laughs> all, don't all good stories start with a boy? Some, some do, some do. Well, yeah. some do. <laughs> this one does. I was dating a nice boy who happened to be from England, and he decided that we need to go meet his family. And long story short, we flew to England for 30 hours, and four hours after I got off the plane and met his family for the first time, we were walking down the street, and I saw a store called Bravissimo for big-boobed girls. Right. And 
<laughs> that happens to describe me. And so <laughs> I knew that was going to be a fact in my life, but I wasn't really sure if this dude was going to continue to be a fact in my life. And so I turned to these nice people that I had just met and said, I need to go in there. And one thing led to another. I had this transformational bra fitting. And the next thing I knew, I had started a blog. The blog became a column in a magazine. And that ultimately became the book, which led to me developing this methodology for bra fitting that has been used around the world. And that's how it all happened. Oh, my gosh. I told you. <laughs> that is a good story. <laughs> no. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Okay, I wasn't expecting that. The story, when, when you said that the book, uh, I wasn't on the pre-interview listeners. That's why I'm so surprised by all this. Yeah. Um, but when you talked about, in the intro, yeah. about the topic of the book, I thought, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and it is important to have a good-fitting bra. It is important to have a good-fitting bra. And for many women, it is the thing they hate to shop for oh, the most. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so when you can transform that experience from being something that is painful and awful into being supportive and uplifting, and I mean that in both senses of the word, (laughs) then it is great for women and it's great for business. Yeah. So did you, um, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, but so then you wrote the book that we have right here in front of us about brand loyalty. So, I mean... How the heck did that all happen? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what ended up happening was my corporate background was in strategic marketing and customer loyalty. And I've been doing that since the late 90s when I was at the New York Times company. Over time, my lingerie clients, so the the book became this bra-fitting methodology, and I created this training and certification program for lingerie professionals. And my clients would come back to me. And they would say, Allie, this is amazing. My customers are literally crying tears of joy in the fitting room. And we're so grateful. And I would say, that's awesome. Now, what are you going to do to make sure that these customers remain loyal to you, that they keep coming back, that they keep buying? And a lot of the time, my customers would look at me with kind of a deer in headlights look and would say something like, well, we're just going to keep giving them great fittings the way you trained us. And I knew that that wasn't enough. You need more. And so ultimately, I started working with my lingerie clients, helping them use everything I had learned in corporate America to cultivate better customer loyalty. And one thing led to another, and lingerie became retail, and retail became lots of different industries. And I've helped people improve customer loyalty and retention, and that's ultimately what led to the book. So therein lies the transition from bras to retention. Wow. Isn't that okay. cool? That is really I funny. know. It's so cool. That, I, so at my company, uh, we're a marketing, advertising, PR firm. At one point, I had my team um, read the – I think it's called Disney Magic. It's like how to – treat your customers yep. like like they're a Disney, the Disney way the Disney mm-hmm. way yes. yes so how is yours different than that are you familiar with the Disney way I am I actually assigned that as one of the books in my class at Purdue this semester so I am familiar and a lot of the themes are similar it is about that balance between finding the emotional connection mm-hmm. that you cultivate with customers on a 
and but then also having consistency that so that you're doing things over and over again you're not doing it on an ad hoc basis but you're doing it on purpose mm -hmm. so it's that balance between what i call heart and smart that disney does really well um, disney has generally a lot more resources to throw at this opportunity than than my clients i tend to work with smaller companies mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. and so you know taking what they can do at a, a really big scale and helping people find the right size of effort for their company because you know it's it's hard to reallocate resources for customer retention even though people know that it's so lucrative and so important mm -hmm. right oh that's that's smart to you know to talk to that niche of the smaller the smaller companies yes well, one of the things that I find really interesting about the book and just our conversations is um, the fact that you sort of look at the uh, internal customers too, right? So the examples that we've been talking about are really external, but um, you know, the internal customers of a, of a company are very important and certainly related to the whole notion of corporate responsibility. Um, how, how do you advise companies in terms of managing and promoting loyalty with their internal customers? So when we talk about internal customers, what we mean is employees. Mm -hmm. And what I find is that a lot of times companies, especially in today's market when it's a tight job market, you know, they need to be able to keep loyalty amongst their team. You know, their, their employees are brand ambassadors, and they're the ones that are on the front lines, but there's also this incredibly strong correlation between happy employees and happy customers. And so I really just say employees are customers and companies need to focus on their those employee customers to the same degree as they focus on their customers who buy stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, they say that 67% or something like that of employees are disengaged. I've seen that statistic, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Do you do post-evaluations when you're done with a company and find out if the training that you've given them is, has really improved that satisfaction internally? Absolutely. Understanding the tracking and metrics behind the work is a really important piece of it mm -hmm. because otherwise you just don't know whether what the work you're doing is, is creating the outcomes that you want. Mm -hmm. Well, I also think that the employees would really like that structure because there's nothing worse than starting a new job and not knowing what's expected of you and I would assume that there's check-ins and feedback and all that kind of stuff that I know you know I mean for me with a small company we have to be very intentional about giving that and setting that up just because we're a smaller company Right. And it's so important. It's so important, and it's hard, especially in smaller companies, because you're wearing a ton of hats. You're generally putting out fires, and to remember to allocate that time isn't always easy, but it's so important. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing is that there is a path to follow. There, there are sort of these paths of customer experience and customer journey, and when you apply those to the world of internal customers it's this it's a similar kind of a path and so it, you don't have to reinvent the wheel and that's always nice mm -hmm. definitely so who do you think is doing this well right now Allie what companies could you point to the big companies that do it really well the ones that everybody kind of knows are Disney I think mm -hmm. they're great at it 
they've made their mark doing it well. Right. Zappos for sure. And then, you know, aside from my clients, who I think do it really well, <laughs> of course, um, you know, the, when it, you get into smaller companies, the, those mm-hmm. touchstones aren't as easily accessible sure. for all of your readers. But I would say, you know, Disney and Zappos are the easiest ones to sort of look at and say they really do it well. And they put a lot into doing it well. Yeah. I was recently recently at Disney just like five days ago. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Disney Paris. And it was so interesting to me. I had my um, uh, little ticket or whatever on my mobile phone, but they everything said when I purchased it, purchased it in advance, take a printed copy, take a printed copy. So I Googled ahead of time to find out, do I really have to print it because I'm at an Airbnb and I don't have a printer, you know? And um, I, I saw something in a chat room that said I could take the mobile device so and, and show it and that they, they I could get in. And I did. But then when we went to Universal Studios, which was attached to it, and I had bought that ticket package, I couldn't get it to load because the Wi-Fi was bad in the park. And finally it loaded my daughter's ticket and they accepted it, but it wouldn't reload mine and the park was closing in like 30 minutes. And finally the guy let me through and just just believed it, which he should have. Like, why would my daughter get through and I wouldn't? And I thought that was spectacular that he understood. And then what I also found amazing was that their post-visit communication, I got, we got a personalized video about how it was magical to have us at the park. Wow. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they were able to track your movements through the park? They were able to capture our names when we bought our tickets and and aggregate that into the thank you video, video that I'm sure they send to everyone who purchases tickets in advance. But, um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like, oh, you did this and you did that. Great. But they they you know the video had our names and all that it was just it was really 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 smart and as a marketer i'm like i like this idea Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know those kinds of small shifts are the ones that create the biggest differences and that's what is so exciting about the work that i get to do is that it's not about 180 degree pivots it's about finding those small opportunities to create something that develops a relationship that shows people that they're valued and that's where loyalty lies. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, and I'm honestly, I'm not a big fan of going to Disney. It's not my thing. I'm not a Disney girl. Never been th- that. But I was really impressed by you know the experience because of just how great they treat you and and, and that kind of thing. My my Disney. Every time I go to Disney, and it's been a long time, the way that they manage your experience standing in line is always so brilliant. You, know, you end up standing in line for such a long time, but half of the time you don't even realize that you're actually still standing in line because they create these you know, pre-experiences and pre-pre-experiences mm-hmm. yeah. and pre-pre-pre-experiences. Yes. And so that becomes part of the adventure. Of the whole thing. Yes. They're so smart. Yeah. yeah, and then the fast pass and all those things that they add on. Yeah, it's it's it really is pretty brilliant. So what do you think the future of customer loyalty is? It's certainly something that we hear a lot about now and customer experience. That was never a thing. Now it's like a thing, right? Sure. So is this something, is this a fad or is it something that's going to stick around? I think it's something that's going to stick around because the inclination is to move toward automation, 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 and isn't technology cool? 
But the reality is that humans are still wired the same way. Mm -hmm. And we have an innate need to feel seen, heard, and valued. And that's not going anywhere. It's interesting because people talk about the elusive millennials and how they don't have the same kind of business loyalty. But when you actually dig into it a little bit more, what you find is that companies aren't making the effort to cultivate loyalty mm -hmm. with the millennials. They're throwing things out there and hoping they'll stick. And when, loyal, when millennials feel like they are really being valued and it's personal to them, they are actually more loyal mm -hmm. or, or equally loyal at the very least. And so I think it's an interesting miss. The, the reputation of these millennials is they have no loyalty, but it's because they grew up mm, that's interesting. feeling like they were really special. They all got mm -hmm. to feel like they were really uh -huh. special, but companies aren't making them feel special. So I think it's a missed opportunity a lot of the time. That's, that's interesting that you say that because there are definitely being um, a baby boomer I, I'm really a Gen X baby boomer. I mean, I'm right on the cusp. I know you're still a Gen X, but um, I, yeah, you know, are you? I'm Gen X. Are you Gen X too? I find maybe because I'm a little grouchier because I'm a little older than you guys that it is sometimes really hard to get a real life person on the phone when you really need mm -hmm. them with companies. And it's extremely frustrating, you know. And so, what do you say to that? That Ultimately, companies have to figure out how their customers want to be served. Mm -hmm. And for some, they want to talk on the phone. They want to talk to a person. For others, they desperately do not want to have to get on the phone for any reason. And if they can resolve something via chat or even self-solve, they're going to be much happier. Mm -hmm. And so the more intentional that companies are about who they are, mm -hmm. the more they're going to be able to put their resources and their energy into creating the solution that's going to be best for their customers. It may be the case that you're not the customer for some of these companies, and they're not going to be able to give you the service that you want the way you want it, and then you opt in or out. But mm -hmm. if they're being wise about who their customer is, then that's the solution that they're going to provide. And it's up to companies to really know their customers and be super directed about it. And that I talk about a lot in the book, that way of getting your company to align and aim for the bullseye of who you are in your company. So tell us a little bit about Keep Your Customers. It's going to be coming out, right? It, it's going to be coming out. It's very exciting. And it is both a real how-to guide with step-by-step nice. -step instructions because nobody wants to read a book and say, well, that's cool, but I don't know how to implement exactly. it. Exactly. But it also combines sort of the thought leadership and the strategy for the, the thinking behind it. So try to take the readers on a journey that starts with, you know, the why does it matter and really shows how do you do it. And along the way, we have some great stories from companies that I think are doing fascinating work and being really successful with keeping their customers. That's so great. The, those case studies are in the book. Case so. studies mm -hmm. are in the book, oh, yes. I can't wait to read Yes, it. I know. It's really interesting. I've sort of had a little bit of a sneak peek oh, there. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. okay. okay. And you have an offer for our listeners. Is that right? I do. So since the book is technically not going to be available for a little while, I created a way for your listeners to be able to get it now. They can go to keepyourcustomersbook.com 
slash podcast and purchase a copy. Okay, so keepyourcustomers.com slash Nope. Nope. Sorry. Keep, keep your customers book. Book. Sorry. Okay. okay. We'll yeah. We'll put it. We'll spell it out. Yeah. On the On the intro. We will. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So can you? One of the questions we always ask, and this could be like a Cliff Notes version of the book, a little bit. But what advice would you give to a company who was trying to um, kind of grow their internal or external loyalty? My greatest advice would be. Find something that you can do consistently across your organization and really knit it into the fabric of who you are. It might mean that you need to start with being really clear about who you are, and that's an area where a lot of companies need to, they they find they need to do a little bit more work. But that balance between who is it that you want to be, what's the heart of what this change is, and then truly What's the smart of it? How do you knit it into the fabric of your everyday life inside your company? And that generally takes more time and effort than business leaders want to apply. Mm -hmm. Because leaders are constantly marinating in their company and strategy and growth. Everything seems super obvious for them. But it's not obvious for the people that are in the organization. And so taking the time to make sure that they truly know what is it that we need to do, why does it matter, and giving them the tools that they need to be successful. So the action itself doesn't have to be big. It just needs to be embedded properly into the company. And consistently. Consistently, exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Wow, that's great advice. So, Allie, how can people find out more about you and all of your endeavors? So people can find me at youriconicbrand.com. That's the website. And, of course, they can go to the book website, keepyourcustomersbook.com. And they can also go to their favorite bookseller and pre-order a copy of the book if that's what they would like to do. And if they find me on LinkedIn, um, Allie, A-L-I, Cudby. And on Twitter, A-L-I-C-U-D-B-Y, I'm at Allie Cudby. The real benefit of having a name that's unusual is that I basically get to be me (laughs) on all social media. That's good. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Uh, And if they email me at Allie at youriconicbrand.com, I will email back. Well, Allie, it's delightful to see you again and to, to hear more about it. I'm just so fascinated, and thank you so much for your time. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So I'm excited for our Taking Care and Community highlight this week. I always am. Yeah. Yeah. Teachers Treasures. I love that organization. I I do too. And, you know, I think about this all the time. Um, I mean, my kids are getting older, but do you remember all those times that we'd get the note coming home from the teachers? We need this and we need that. And I think about if people don't donate these items, then teachers have to go out and buy them. Yeah. Which, which is, is kind of yeah, crazy, it is, you know. It's terrible. So this organization um, just helps with that, especially in school um, district districts and with teachers who aren't getting the support because maybe they're already in a, you know, a poverty area. So right. they say that more than a hundred thousand Indianapolis students are affected by poverty, mm-hmm. and they help more than five thousand nine hundred and ten teachers from two hundred and fifty four schools. And so basically, you go in there and you just do your shopping, which is mm-hmm. brilliant. Yes, yes, I think it's it's very needed. Um, and so, Teachers Treasures was uh, nominated. I'm I'm going to read you a little excerpt from what they said. Okay. Um, they actually nominated a person, and his name is Tom Sabulko. 
Tom has been a tireless supporter for teachers, schools, and classrooms, not only in his 35-plus years as a Kroger employee and executive, but as a board leader for Teachers Treasures. Tom is a behind-the-scenes type of volunteer, so critical in small nonprofits like ours. He is a strategist, coach, mentor, and optimistic voice for all we do via our mission. He is so present to all of our staff, volunteers, and those we serve. Tom has volunteered at many nonprofits which focus on the underserved, and it is so admirable that in his retirement, he is not deterred in his energy level to keep up with this support. He understands how to lead and demonstrate servant leadership, but he has also been strategic in allowing teachers' treasures to grow in leaps and bounds the last six years. He's been a great partner for our organization. Sure sounds like it. Yeah. 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 So if our listeners want some more information about Teachers Treasures, you can visit their website at teacherstreasures, with an S, dot org. Let's give a big thank you to our sound engineer, Matt Sosie. And our Taking Care and Community sponsor, National Bank of Indianapolis. If you'd like to nominate someone or an organization for a future episode, you can visit our website, takingcareinbusiness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, or download Taking Care in Business wherever you get our podcasts. If you love Taking Care in Business, give us a five-star rating and leave a review or share this episode on your social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Taking Care in Biz, B-I-Z. If you have questions or comments, you can also email us at info at takingcareinbusiness.com. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, take take care care in business. business.